Oops. Good to see you here this morning. As soon as I pick up my paper, glad you're here with us. Um, we're launching the Box Office Wisdom next week, which is when we look at uh, the themes of the movies, not the movies themselves. Just to clarify, we're not producing all of those movies. Uh, but we are going to look at the themes of the movies and compare and contrast with Scripture. And that, that really starts next week. This week is a backdrop message where we're <clears throat> looking at uh, kind of how, how you go about uncovering the theme of a movie and then the keys to comparing and contrasting that with, with the Scripture, which is the crucial way of going about it. Um, before we dig in... Uh, too, too heavily into the message. I believe we have some special guests here, but I don't see... Them. Oh, yes, there they are. Uh, Josh and Erica Delarosa. They are... Um, he is the pastor of Orange Crest uh, Community Church in Riverside. They launched out from us about seven years ago. And he was on staff here for, I'm horrible at this, eight or nine, ten years. How long, bro? Eight years. All right. Hey, I had it right. I didn't trust myself. But anyway, they've done a fantastic job. They went out with a team, planted a church in Riverside, and he's got a few weeks off. So he is hanging out here. Glad you guys are here. Uh, they've really teamed together well, and God's really used them to uh, reach folks and to build the congregation there. I have uh, some extra apparatus up here, and the reason is my glasses uh, it's a long story, but they got messed up, and it's my fault. Uh, but they are getting new lenses, and I am using these readers. And I wanted to try to use this screen without my glasses, but can't quite make the, the letters big enough uh, for that. And so I decided, okay, I'm just going to humble myself and let everybody know, you know, I am getting old. And so... That's why I have these, and that's why I have this, and I know you're going to be wondering, so I thought I'd bring that out at the very beginning, and this is what it looks like right here. Okay, somebody said it looks sophisticated. Alex this week said I looked old because I've been using these in the office, and I said, I am old, and he said, yeah, I know, but now you look old. So anyway, um, like I said, we're launching this series. Today is the backdrop of the message series, and movies are an art form. They, they actually are uh, uh, something that we can enjoy. Art is very powerful. It's something that inspires, it motivates us. When you combine music and visuals in an artful way, they move your heart in a particular direction. And, and that's what happens in movies. They, they nudge our heart in a direction. And the Bible says it's important for Christ followers to make sure that your heart is going in the right direction, getting nudged in the right direction. So in this series, what we're going to look at uh, are the, the messages of the movies and ha whether or not that message is true and real. Now, movie makers are the storytellers of our day. They, they're masterful at it. Many of them are. Some of them, not so much. Um, but the stories of any culture carry its values. And so that's why this is so important. Jesus was a master storyteller. 
Uh, he, he told great stories. I can only imagine if he had the ability to produce movies. Whoa, they would be awesome. Um, his movies uh, would be amazing, but he didn't have film. And so he used parables, short creative stories, uh, or object lessons. So he still used word pictures or pictures of everyday life to communicate eternal truth and truth about life, wisdom about life, both eternal and uh, how that eternal truth affects our lives today. Jesus' disciples asked him one time, why do you tell these stories? Why do you do this? And he answered them in Matthew 13. It says, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. In other words, when somebody really wants to understand what, uh, who God is, what he's like, what he wants from us as people, uh, then the understandings really flow from the stories. You can connect dots with the stories in ways that you can't otherwise. But if there is no readiness, if there's no trace of receptivity, uh, or any trace of receptivity soon disappears, that's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge people toward receptive insight. This is what stories do. They, they can open us up. They can open up our hearts and minds to truths, to ideas. Powerful stories nudge us in a certain direction. And if we're following Jesus, we just need to make sure that we're getting nudged in the right direction. And so that's what this, this series is about. Movies are like parables in our culture. They, they contain wisdom, a certain kind of wisdom, and we need to match it up with Scripture. The filmmakers are the storytellers of the day who craft them, and movies carry the values and the wisdom of our, our culture. Or they carry the wisdom and values that the storytellers, the writers, and the producers want to lead our culture to go toward. And so we have to be careful with this, what we're hearing and what we're uh, seeing in, in movies. This summer, we're going to identify, as I said, the major themes of each movie and compare and contrast it with Scripture. We're, we're not studying the movies themselves. I want to make sure uh, that we understand this. But the themes that are highlighted in each movie... Uh, and there tend to be recurring themes in movies because the good movies, the good stories, are, are, they deal with themes that we all can resonate with. Redemption. We all know we need it. We love stories of uh, people in a really bad spot who get out of that spot somehow. And so that resonates with us. So redemption's a major theme. Grace. Uh, uh, romantic love is a popular theme in our culture, and so it keeps popping up, and we need to make sure that what we're seeing about that on the movie screen matches up with what God says about the kind of love we need to show toward one another. So we're not studying the movies themselves, we're looking at the themes, we're not endorsing the movies for sure. This is not an endorsement of the movies. I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to some of them for sure. But since the movies carry the major ideas of our culture, we're going to look at the themes behind the movies and evaluate them. We're going to have a little fun with this today as well. Movies are a work of art. And when they're done masterfully, they're powerful. Art has this ability 
to stir things in us at a depth that other things we experience don't have. They can just really stir our hearts in a certain direction. And so this is why it's so important to learn to evaluate art and learn to think through what we're seeing on the movie screen. Here's some practical help for evaluating art. It comes from Francis Schaeffer. Uh, he's a very strong uh, Christian thinker uh, from the last century. And... Um, he, he says there are four key ways to evaluate art. Most people use the first three. As Christ followers, we need to add the fourth. The first one is technique. Is the lighting proper? Is it done well? Um, how's the camera angle? Is it an interesting angle, the way they shot that scene? And so on. Uh, second thing we use to evaluate art is arrangement or composition. Is, is the art, is it put together well? Um, I'm not a Lady Gaga fan. That probably doesn't shock you. Um, but I get what Lady Gaga is doing. You know, there's this thing called performance art. She's mixing performance art with her, her songs, with the lyrics. So when you watch her on stage, she's communicating a message through her art. It may or may not be a good message. I know most of the time it's not, it's not the greatest message. But that's, it's, she's, she's really good at communicating her message. Uh, the third question is, does it drive home the message that they're trying to communicate? How well does it drive home its message? Um, does the vehicle used uh, match the kind of message being communicated? Again, Lady Gaga is very effective at communicating her message and matching the vehicle to sort of get you when you watch it. The fourth test is the one we add as Christ followers. Is the message true? Does this match reality as we understand God laying it out in the Scriptures? Is this, is this message that's being driven by the art, is it actually right and true? Most people only use one through three. It's, it's legitimate to critique art and to evaluate it with those three. But as Christ followers, we add the fourth. Is it actually true? Is what I'm seeing on the screen or what I'm experiencing with the art, does it match what God says about reality? So in this series about movie themes, we're going to aim to uncover the message and then we're going to measure that message up with what Scripture says. Uh, of the movie themes and the Bible. We're going to just keep matching them. Box office wisdom is what the movies say about how to reach goals and solve problems. Because almost every movie, we're going to look at the structure of a movie, there, there's a goal or a problem or a challenge, and how they resolve it, that's the wisdom that the writer of the movie is trying to communicate. Wisdom is the ability to read a situation and choose the right response to that situation. To act in the best way to reach your goal or to solve the problem. Uh, and scriptural wisdom is what's right before God, what's just before people, and what's prudent toward the goal. Those, those three factors are a part of uh, biblical wisdom, God's wisdom. And um, as you look at a situation... Somebody who's trying to think in a godly way, a Godward way, factors those things in. What's, what does God want? What's right for the people involved, according to God? And then what's the best way to get this accomplished? 
Um, in terms of the box office wisdom, everybody's using a fund of uh, ideas to solve their problems and deal with it. What you see in the movies, you see script writers and producers using their wisdom, their fund of ideas to solve the problems that you see on the screen. But the truth is, box office wisdom must match God's word in order to be real. And so that's why we're going through this process. It, it could be a lot of fun, really. really can. Art inspires and motivates, so we have to be careful that we're being inspired to believe and do the right things. So in this series, this is a major question we're asking. What's the message of that movie, and does it square with reality as God lays it out in Scripture? If it's not really true... You can hurt yourself by, by believing it and by doing it. And sometimes movies inspire us to do what really hurts. Often in a movie, you, you get your heart pulled toward rooting for a marriage to break up. You know, you only see a little keyhole of what's going on in the relationship. But the writer will put things together in a way so that you're rooting for the husband or wife, whoever it is that's married to the boring bum of a person. You're rooting for them to go with this other person where all the romance is. Just go with them. Please go with them. My heart wants you to be happy. Actually, adultery is devastating. It can ruin you. The scriptures say when you, when you commit adultery that you hand your future to the person that you're committing adultery with. And that's actually what happens. You give them their, your future because now they can blackmail you. Now they can just watch 48 hours. You see what happens. I quit watching that at 10 o'clock before I went to bed. Like, yeah, it was just a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff. But you hand you, adultery... Not only eat you up inside, but it can ruin you for the future. So that's the truth. It's not what you see in the movies all the time. It's not the way it plays out. In the movies, uh, what's going on are characters are reaching goals, solving problems, or dealing with difficult scenario, scenarios, and the screenwriters using their wisdom to solve the problems or reach the goal. This is what they're offering as the way to, to live life. We read the movie by understanding what the movie maker is saying about how life works, the best way to reach the goal or solve the problem or change, or change that takes place in the main character. This is a common way that movies are structured. In the first 30 minutes, you meet the main character. There's a, a, a guide on the screen, I believe. Uh, in, in the first 30 minutes, you meet the main character. You're introduced to their goal, their problem, their difficult scenario that they're trying to, to accomplish or deal with, whatever it is. In the, in the middle 60 minutes, the characters work to reach the goal, solve the problem. They work to overcome the difficulty or the challenge. And then in the wrap-up, in the final 30 minutes, the goal is reached, the problem solved, and the challenge is overcome. There are two things that give us major clues about the message of a movie. The first one is a major, chain, a major change in the main character that helps them to reach the goal, 
helps them to deal with the difficulty or solve the problem or adopt a value that the screenwriter is trying to communicate. For instance, uh, in movies like Family Man, you'll see this theme a lot. Uh, a committed bachelor goes through an experience, sort of a magical experience that you can't really do in real life, but he goes through an experience, and by the end of the movie, he really values family. So that's the shift. The message of the movie, families are important. It's one of the themes that you see in movies a lot. So a change in the main character that helps him reach the goal or adopt the value or whatever is a major clue. The second one is how the main characters reach their goal or solve the problem or overcome the difficulty uh, and the challenge is a major clue to the message that's behind the movie, to what the writer's trying to communicate as wisdom for dealing with life. The steps to matching wisdom from the movies are this. Identify the goal they're reaching for, the problem to be solved, the value that they don't have. Watch how they work to reach it, solve it, or overcome the challenge. Identify the key that unlocks the goal or challenge, then match up that resolution with Scripture. To do that, to be able to match it up, we have to soak in Scripture. We have to keep reading it. Because often the way God works as you're trying to follow Christ, the way He works is He keeps connecting dots for you. So if He has something He wants you to learn or pay attention to, you'll see it or hear it or experience it three or four times in a couple weeks or maybe over a month. And, and God has this ability to bring things to your attention just to help you do it. So as you're reading Scripture... You're then soaking in his truth and reality, and you're able to begin to connect dots in life as you watch the movies on the screen or as you live life itself. God, God's great at this. This is what he does. If you, if you decide to follow Christ, he, he really wants to help you get it and understand him. And this is, this is how he does it. It's, so it's important... First of all, to read and evaluate the movies we see and to filter the ideas that you begin to collect through the truths of the Bible. Romans 12 says this. This is in the message. Uh, paraphrase. I, I really like the way it's said. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Movies and songs and other kinds of media, they have a strong pull in a definite direction. It's been determined by the writers of those things and the directors of the movies. If we were to trace many of our strongly held beliefs today, uh, many of them would grow right out of the movies or other media that we picked up and collected through, through the years. This, this is the way it works. Our mind formulates an image based on a movie we're seeing or a, a, a song we're listening to. It's, it's abstract or it's something that we sense and it becomes an idea you put this together you put this idea this image this abstract idea together with story and words and music and visuals that create emotion in us and they can become 
a part of our thinking without even realizing it. The emotion coupled with the idea imprints on you. Because what happens is, as your heart is stirred, you sort of let down the, the, the bridge to your castle of your heart. You sort of let down the drawbridge and it, the idea can sort of work its way in there. And so this is what happens. And we gather a lot of ideas, just conversations at work, movies, media of other kinds, culture, uh, TV, songs, whatever it is. And there are a variety of ideas. I'm going to start with the strongest of the varieties. The first one is uh, thoughts. We have thoughts. And they're the result of re- reflecting, reasoning, or meditation. We've given a lot of thought to this, and we've sort of solidified this is what we believe. This is our thought about this. There are concepts, which is not as well-developed, but it's on its way. Ideas formed by consideration of instances or patterns of occurrences in a species uh, or group through analysis. So we're thinking about things. We're trying to connect dots, and we come up with concepts. This is, this is what we think about this. Uh, more broadly, there are any idea of what something should be. So we have our concept of what family should be. We have our concept of what work should be like. We develop these things. We t- tend to develop our concepts from notions. Notions are an idea that we sort of collect, not really resolved by analysis or reflection. And a notion sort of suggests that it's capricious. In other words, it's impulsive. It's, there's unpredictability to it. It's gathered by impulse or accidentally. You know, you, you have the oddest notions. <laughs> I've been told that, actually. Um, notions come from impressions, resulting immediately from some stimulation of the senses. And, and this is what happens... In the media, in the movie, we have immediated experience, and an impression sort of makes its way into our thinking, into the way we operate. And it's easy for people to operate out of notions and impressions that they picked up along the way, because they stick like glue to us, and they begin to influence us. In this series. We're saying we need to check the notions and the impressions before they become concepts. And we need to check it against the Word of God. This is how we avoid blending into our culture without even thinking about it. That's what Romans 12 was saying. Movies tend to get to our hearts at the notion and impression level. Because there's not time to develop a complete philosophy about whatever it is they're talking about. They're pulling on us in certain ways. When we don't engage our mind and when we allow our emotions to lead us regarding a movie or any other kind of mediated experience, we tend to root for whatever it is the directors or the producers or the people who put this art together want us to root for, and it might end up damaging us. Because what happens is these, these thoughts, they plant themselves in us And over time, they're going to grow and bear fruit. And so we really have to guard this. We have to guard the the castle of our heart and and not lower the drawbridge for every thought that comes our way. Because some of those thoughts, the bad thoughts, the wrong thoughts, the erroneous thoughts are going to plant in us and grow really rotten fruit. 
And so we wonder what happened. It's because we let that plant in us. And it began to influence the way we talk, the way we act, and what we do. Christ followers have to be vigilant to weed out the wrong thoughts. We have to do that. Uh, Charles Spurgeon was a famous uh, preacher in England in the 18th century. Mm, Yeah, no, 19th century, sorry, 1800s. This is what he said. Discernment is not a matter of simply telling the difference between right and wrong. Rather, it is telling the difference between right and almost right. Really important to be able to do that. Because almost right starts out pretty close, but over 10, 15 years, it's a wide separation there. You're really separating out. So this is important. We need two skills to develop discernment and be able to measure the reality of box office wisdom. First one, we need to know how to handle God's word. We need to soak it in. We need to read it. We need to get into it. We need to immerse ourselves into it and really try to understand what God says there, to hear it, to read it, to study it, to soak it in, let God speak to us through it on a daily basis, on a regular basis, taking that in. Secondly, we need to know how to uncover the message. So we've included a handout for you in, uh, in the program, and you can look at it. But <clears throat> on that front side, it, it shows how to uncover the message of a movie. And so this is basically what we're going to be working with in this series quite a bit. But to uncover the message of a movie, first of all, uh, you need to know who the hero is. You'll, you'll figure that out. They're not always a good guy. Sometimes the hero is a bad guy. The hero is the main character of the, of the story. And you'll, you'll see them in the first few minutes of the film. And you'll begin to identify who the hero is. Um, unless they're Superman and you already know the story. Okay, sorry. He may fly in sometime later. I don't know. But anyway, you'll, you'll know who the hero is at the very beginning of the movie. Second question is, what's the hero's goal? What, what are they trying to accomplish? They have a strong desire that drives the storyline. What is that desire? What do they want? What are they trying to deal with? What are they trying to get at? Uh, another question, what's the hero's initial motivation? Why do they want to do this? Often they'll have a sidekick and they'll tell the sidekick in a conversation at the beginning of the movie why they want to do this so badly. And you, you kind of get the motivation. You understand that. And then, finally, how does the hero change their mind or their motivation in the wrap-up of the movie? This is the message of the movie that we're trying to uncover. Often there's a key moment in the movie when this occurs. And uh, we're going to look at the key moment in the movie Frozen this morning. Very wildly popular movie. I think it was the biggest grossing movie in 2013. Um, So, spoiler alert. If you go like this, and please don't go, ah, like this, but if you just just move your fingers in your ears, then you won't see what happens. If you're a parent of a young child, I'm, I'm almost sure that you've seen the movie. So, the spoiler alert is, is uh, not a big deal, but... The storyline of this movie goes the exact opposite direction of many princess movies. It's interesting. In most princess movies, the princess is focused on being true to herself 
and finds what she needs to free her to be true to herself in romantic love. Prince Charming or uh, whatever prince the writers of the movie create. Um, In Frozen, the princess makes a decision to be true to herself and in doing so wreaks havoc on the world because of that choice. She leaves shattered relationships in her wake. And this is reality. When you decide to be true to yourself to the exclusion of whatever concerns anybody else around you, you wreak havoc on your world. So here's a clip from Frozen, and it's the message portion of, of Frozen where things get resolved. I'd like you to see it. heart. Love will thaw. Love. Of course. Elsa. Love. of true love will thaw a frozen heart. The true love was sacrificed on her sister's behalf. This, this is actually a, a redemptive story 
It's, it's a picture of the story of Christianity. Because Jesus stepped in our place, gave himself for us, and now God is working to restore the world. He's not restoring it yet, because to restore it rightly, he, he would have to uh, take away all sin. And um, if, if he took away all sin, that means he'd have to take all, away all the sinners. And so he's waiting as long as possible. That's what Scripture says. He's waiting to restore the world so that as many people as possible will turn from going their own way to go his way so that he can restore them and bring them into heaven. Because what Jesus did on the cross, he substituted himself for us. He, he became our righteousness. He became our purity. And so now when God looks at those who've decided to accept what Jesus has done on the cross, he sees righteousness through Jesus Christ. So God's waiting. He's being patient. And the world goes up and down and ebbs and flows and gets worse and better. And, and as it, it does that, God's patiently waiting for people to return to him. But that's the story. The restoration's not quite as quick as that, you know, with the snowflakes and everything coming back together. But God's working to restore things. And, and that's, that's a really good theme. What's fascinating, and I'm going to go on here a little bit, um, <clears throat> this tremendous theme, her devoted sister uh, pursues her at a great personal cro- uh, cost and sacrifices herself. It's described as the only kind of love that can melt the frozen heart. What's interesting is the theme song, wildly popular, many little girls sing in this this theme song, from what I understand. I have grandsons, so they, I haven't heard them singing this, and they're a little young anyway to be singing it. But um, what's fascinating is that this song is the exact opposite of the message of the movie. Listen to the song, and the words will be on the screen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I I'll bust out several of us and <laughs> do a whole Broadway show. Um, 
the, the theme of the movie is tremendous, but the theme of the song is not so tremendous. Very destructive. We have to be discerning. We have to pay attention. And uh, obviously the redemptive portion of the, the movie doesn't make it into the song. So it's good, good to talk about this with our kids. It's good to pay attention in our mind that that notion isn't what fixed it. Uh, we have to be discerning. We need to guard ourselves from the messages, especially help our children learn to be careful uh, about what they allow to soak into their heart and mind. It can add a lot of fun to the movies if we learn to identify the theme and evaluate, evaluate that theme. We need to guard our hearts. We need to help our kids learn to guard their hearts. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the, strength, the springs of life. What we say and do flows out of what we think. <clears throat> it's our heart that steers these things. God wants us to enjoy good quality art, but he wants us to do so having our hearts and minds insulated with his word or learning to compare what we're seeing on the screen with his word so that we guard against things planting in us that create damage over the long haul. Join us for the next several weeks, if you would, if you'd like to. And if you're able, as we look at the themes of some of the popular summer movies and evaluate the message and see what Scripture says about those same themes. As the band comes up, I'd like to wrap up the message by asking you to think through your next steps. Uh, if you would, please pull out your connection card, take it out of your program. And in a moment, we're going to have the offering. Uh, we're going to receive the offering. And I'd like to ask you if you'd take this moment to complete any information you haven't had an opportunity to or maybe check one of these next steps that I'm suggesting on the card. And then when the offering comes around, uh, you can drop the card in the offering. That'd be great. Uh, here are some suggestions to memorize Psalm 19.7. I didn't mention this, but the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Just getting into the scripture helps you grow wise. This is the way to insulate your heart, to soak in the Bible. And if you would like to set a pattern of doing that, that's the next step. Set a goal to read the Bible and apply it X number of days each week. Personally, the way I'm wired, if I say seven days, I'm going to really be frustrated with the one day if I forget or don't get to it. Pick a number, three, five, and read it. Start soaking it in. Let God speak to you through it. Uh, and then <clears throat> another step could be to practice uncovering the message in a movie or TV show this week. You can check out the handout. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then invite a friend to attend the rest of this series. Um, we, we should have fun as we walk through the themes of these movies. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth we see in your word and how you really want to equip us to deal with life as we're uh, handling it, Lord. And I just pray uh, for wisdom, discernment from you as each of us goes through life to understand what really is right before you, what is true and real according to your word, so that we, God, can live lives that glorify you and really uh, Bring your blessing into our lives, God. We ask for your help in this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.